hi, you are listening to Talking in Tangents. I am one of your hosts. My name is Megan. I go by Megs, and my pronouns is she, her. And across the way is my co-host, Britt. Hello, my name is Britt. I am she, her, and okay with they. Welcome, y'all. Yes, welcome to our fifth episode. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited. I've been in the woods. I've been in the boonies for the last four days. I've been petting my cat. Yeah, it's been, oh, <laughs> it's it's weird being back in, in civilization, in the real world. But um, yeah, it was, it's good to be back. It's good to be here. It's good to be chit-chatting, having a beverage. And uh, Heck yeah. I'm excited to, to chit-chat. How's, how's your uh, brain doing after a week of being out in the boonies? Oh man, oh gosh, I feel, I feel good. I feel, it's, the world requires you, according to statistics, to get away within at least five days. And I have been off of work for about four or five days. And it's honestly just, you know what, like if you include the weekend too, it's been about six days and I'm feeling the reset. And especially because when I went camping, there was no service. So I legitimately turned off my phone. And nice. That's dear, needed. Dear Lord, it was well needed. Mm-hmm. I feel so refreshed. I, I opened up my phone the other day and it was like, bing, 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 like all, like, all the noises. Work, and friends, work family. And friends. Oh, shit, you were on vacation. Like everything was just all at once and... It was a it was odd because I felt like a sense of urgency, but then also I was like, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> and it oh gosh, it was great. I mean, I spent three days in Vegas, which was a nice. whirlwind, and like a little mini family reunion of sorts. And then I spent another three days in doing fucking the opposite of Vegas, which was nothing. I went camping in Palomar Mountain with my roommate, and we just ate s'mores and drank beer in the woods and just looked at trees and woodpeckers and shit. The hand. Yes, I <laughs> The first night, typical Megan, I am an agent of chaos and I don't think before I act I just do it. And I thought it was a really great idea to chop some wood and I'd already had like 3 beers. And these were like high ABV because mm-hmm. me and my roommate don't fuck around and we're like, "All right, we're in the fucking woods. We're going to bust out the good shit." So my roommate was like, oh, we need to chop some wood. And I'm like, I'm ready to chop some wood. She's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. So she shows me how to do it. And I'm like, all right, great. And so I'm like hacking off the little corners to make the kindling. And then all of a sudden it's like tink, tink, pagook. And it just like got ah! into my hand. And then I kind of like lifted the axe up and then went, huh. I'm um, bleeding. I'm bleeding. And I she's like, the what red. the fuck, Megan? And I like looked and I showed her and it was like, I mean, it's closed off now, but it's it was a legit hatchet wound to the top of my hand. And I mean, luckily I was, I guess luckily and also unluckily that I was drunk because I was very calm and was like, huh, I'm bleeding. <laughs> and she's like, well, I have some band-aids and some neosporin. You'll be fine. Okay. We're only camping for two more days. No big deal. Just keep it clean. 
And I was like, okay. So we like put a janky Band-Aid on it. It looks nice. Shoved it some, too bad. some Neosporin on it and closed it together. And I was like, I'm fine. And then I made some s'mores and drank more beer. Nice. It was funny, too. She, like, bandaged me up. And I kept, like, looking at it because I was starting to realize. And she was like, here, have some whiskey. Just not think about it. There we go. Like, Thank you. Numb the pain. So I did, like, a shot of whiskey. And I was like, I'm fine. It's fine. But, yeah. Yeah, no, oh gosh, it was so relaxing. We went on little hikes and went out into the trees. And Palomar Mountain's not a far jaunt. It's like a maybe maybe a two-hour drive. Cool. And you're in the woods woods. Mm-hmm. And it was just, the, the little campsites, I can't recommend it enough. If you go, they don't have, like, it's not as busy as a lot of, like, the camping sites where you have to, like, ask for like you know weeks ahead of time or months, months ahead of time yeah palomar mountain is not really as known compared to other you know places like yosemite or even joshua trees so yeah. you're able to go and you have like a cute little campsite there's beautiful little hiking areas and we had this little woodpecker family that lived by us and we would wake up nice. like little noises and there's some morning woody. Yeah, it was just little little woody woodpecker noise. And they also make a little like noise too. So you're just like full nature, like little squirrels and shit. Like it was just, uh, it was so great. And you like wake up and you're just like breathing air. And we're up in the mountains too. So you're like, like you Aww. get kind of like a little winded because you're like up in the elevation. But it was just really nice to just turn off my phone. I mean, I took a few pictures with my phone while it was yeah. on, but honestly, like, I kind of took advantage of the fact that I just didn't have service. That's and it awesome. was a full reset, which I very much needed because before that, I was, you know, in the full realms of what is Las Vegas, and that was just I, all gambling oh, and for drinking sure. and nonsense. So it was nice to just, like, take a step back and still have some drinking, but it was more like, oh, I'm in nature and it's great. That's. I can only imagine because I've only gotten a glimpse of that in the last 10 seconds as you're telling me the story and my cat is grooming me. I'm like, this is nature at Yeah. Home. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm honestly <laughs> glad I didn't run into any bobcats or large nature. Oh, my nature. gosh. I know. Large nature is scary. Yeah. Oh. Small nature. Yeah. So plant nature. That's nice. Small plant nature. Woodpecker the, nature. The biggest animal I saw was a squirrel. Oh. A couple squirrels. Cute. But, yeah, no, it was, it was great. That's awesome. I feel good. I still have... What, today's, we're recording, what today is, Thursday? Friday? Friday. We're, we're recording on a Friday we're recording on Friday. We're late. Yeah, we're a little late this week. We're on week. vacation. But because I was on vacation. Yeah. Thank you, by the way. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, I still have a few more days until I go back to work on Monday. And hey, I'm just, so good. I woke up today and like made my bed and. Like, I feel good. Like, hung out my clothes and did a little laundry. And I was like, ooh, look at me. I deserve a beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's kind yeah. of been my 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 week since now, well, my last, like, couple days since I've been back from camping. And, gosh, it feels good. It sounds of, eventful and chill at the same time. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. – I went go, go, go from Vegas. And then I went, like, camping. It was go, 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 but also, like, chill. And now I had the opportunity to go today and tomorrow and like the rest of the weekend to go out of town, but trying to budget a little bit. And I was like, you know what? I'll just have like for the last three days, just a staycation Uh and just do the things that I want to do and wake up when I want to. And it's, it's been good. I feel great. I feel lovely. How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I mean, I got my shot on when my second dose shot of the vaccine on Wednesday. So I'm just like aching. I feel like I got beat up. 
my work week wasn't too eventful. I had something eventful happen, but I'm going to save that for the pop culture section. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to share with you guys what's pop culture nowadays in the financial world. Oh, yes. I'm, uh, I'm excited yes. to hear this because I am now because I've been out and I don't know what's going on. Okay, cool. I, I'm excited <laughs> to share. But besides that, I'm doing really well. Uh, I'm getting a tattoo tomorrow, so that's exciting. Ooh, yeah. So I jealous. might can I might uh, be keeping my drinking to I might have one more for the beverage section, which I'm excited to share my beverage with you today. Uh, but besides that, yeah, I'm happy. Happy. Yay. This is a good week. It's productive. Oh, good. And I'm super excited to dive into this week's episode. Yes. Here we go with pop, 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 pop culture. Ooh. Pop pop culture. Talking around the cooler, the small water cooler. Talking the small talk and the water cooler talk, lunch pail, lunch break talk. Yeah. So what's what's going on there? What's 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 the haps? Yes. Let me tell you about the haps. The haps is we we talk about social media later. We talk about pop <laughs> pop culture in its finest form on the internet. Um. So I want to talk about cryptocurrency. <laughs> cryptocurrency? Is that like that Elon Musk stuff? Yep, you got it right on the nail. Cryptocurrency has been around for a while. You could say a Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing Bitcoin on the television in airport because it was going through the roof. It's value. So yeah, oh. money is a crazy thing in that it's worth as much as you believe it is worth. Which scares me mildly. Yes, and it is a scary thing. It's well, so it's scary like, to think, especially when it has no limit. It's no almost cap. like, okay, you guys can't see this, but Brittany can see is where it's like, oh, I don't have money here, but pull the scarves out of my butt. Like, yeah, look, look at this money. Do you guys like it? And they're like, like, yes, we like the money. And like, it's worth $900. So like, here, I'll buy your $900 It's like circus money, money where it's like, here's money. It's very bizarre. So I like to think of it. So there's short-term investments. There's long-term investments. Because for me, as an observer, there's imaginary money that's the stocks and then there's imaginary imaginary money which is this digital <laughs> currency where every nothing is real and everything makes sense but also doesn't make sense it's yes. very much like this weird fight club world of tarantino money of existence which makes me feel like all money is pointless, but also is a need for existence. Yes. Um, so I could tell you from my, <laughs> my economics degree on the wall over there that um, I've learned nothing. <laughs> because no one agrees on anything when it comes to money I mean, in theory. Um, my existence of money is I pay my bills and I pay my rent. And then when I'm bored and can't sleep, I play Animal Crossing and I have my money there. That's responsible. My bells. That's good. And then I also play Oregon Trail on my cool. iPad and I use my money to buy pelts and nice. you know stuff to fix Beautiful. my wagon. That's the, that's the right way to spend your money in yeah. the real and imaginary world. However, <laughs> it gets a little difficult when you start playing in the imaginary realm. So... Brittany, uh, circus money. <laughs> yes. So I, I treat stocks. Okay. So there, going back, there's the short-term investors, long-term investors. Short-term investors are gambling. They're trying to make a money on a dime. The long-term investors are smart. 
they they go they are there through the hills and the valleys. The long term goal is that there is a positive growth, and so the money they invested ten years ago, they made ten dollars in that time. Awesome. They just don't want to lose money, right. and I respect those people. But people don't do long term stuff anymore. They do short term stuff. And we're in a short term world. Um, I mean, I know. Enough about stocks from watching Wolf of Wall Street, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. And so that's another thing, too, is that the difference between stocks and cryptocurrency is that you, you buy stocks, you sell stocks, you also um, buy an exchange, or I just call it exchanging currency. Mm-hmm. So you can do U.S. dollar to euro, U.S. dollar to um, the peso, you know? It, with that, like, the peso might be worth less, might be worth more. If you have several dollars, you get more pesos out of it, because the peso's worth, worth less. Same with goes to the euros. Euros are worth more, so yeah, your dollars that, don't that, mean as much. That, that makes sense. That and clocks. it sometimes translates into costs, which is nice. Like, sure, like, the peso might be worth less, but then, like, candy costs, like, 10 pesos instead of, like, 50 cents, you know? It's kind of, ideally, they stick to the same kind of, uh, they balance each other out. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, and when I when I deal with short-term investments, because sometimes I need, sometimes I'm that stupid ass that needs money on dime, so I gamble on my money. Last week, my coworker was like, hey guys, I heard about this meme coin. It's called Dogecoin. It's named after the Doge, the Shiba Inu dog. Yes, the little doggy. Little doggy. And he's like, I bought a coin for 10 cents. They're saying that this this coin might get to a dollar. That's if you think of ten cents and a dollar, that's taking your one dollar and turning it into ten dollars. That's turning five dollars into fifty, turning five hundred into five thousand. It's this is a game changer. This is a game changer type of rumor. And so uh, he tells me this, and so I'm like, I'm gonna I fucks with this. Sure, I got fifty dollars to spare, and it's a meme. It's a meme. I, I'm going to throw in $50. <laughs> next morning, next week, I'm sorry, next week, about, I believe it was a Thursday. No, it was either, yeah, it was a, no, Tuesday? Tuesday? Uh, Tuesday this week. I want to say it was like a, because like, I, when I was in Vegas is when it was going really high. Okay, so it was Tuesday. It was yeah. Tuesday. Uh, it All of a sudden, that afternoon, starts like growing a lot. And I looked at my $50 investment. It was like now $100. And I was like, fuck. I was like, sick. I'm like, wow. Um, I told my cork, this is amazing. Should I buy more? I'm like, I'm just going to buy more. I threw in $350, right? From the time that I <laughs> threw my 50 in $350, the next two days, that $350, I might have added some money. I'm not sure how much in. Uh, grew. Oh, I think I sold my stocks. I sold my stocks and I threw into Dogecoin. That roughly maybe $500 total that I threw in turned by the end of the night, or the end of those two days, I'm sorry, into $905. I was like, I went, I just made like $400. Nice. Yeah. I was like, fuck yeah. Like, this is amazing. I'm like, I love cryptocurrency. <laughs> and people were, people were speculating on 420, which is the meme day of the year, <laughs> Elon Musk. Oh, the reason why it went up is because Elon Musk tweeted he, about it. He invested too. Yes, yes, he tweeted about it. He invested saying, let's send this to the moon. That's a meme way of sending, let's make this skyrocket. Um, and so uh, luckily I bought before that. And so that's why I saw my initial investment grow so much. And that's why I got so excited and threw in 
so much money. It was money. The rule with trading and selling stocks is only do that with money that you can afford to lose. Ideally, you want to make more, but don't put in your life savings. That's a dumb move. So I put in <laughs> as much as I could, um, and I saw my investment grow to that $900, and I was ecstatic. I went to bed like a little sleepy, hi baby, smoking my Seth Rogen weed. Um, and then when I woke up in the morning, it started going down a little bit. But I'm like, it's okay, 420 is right around the corner. It's going to go back up. And <laughs> it just kept going down and down and down and down. And eventually it went down to the point where I had lost like $250 from no. like my investment. Um, and so I was me like, Fuck, I, I'm, I took it out. I Hopefully I, I didn't lose that much because um, I was in stocks beforehand. So I, as long as I didn't go past my my gains from having stocks, I was going to be okay. I'm too scared to research it, but I went down a lot. I ended up transferring some money into some more stable cryptocurrencies. The point is, is that I went going to bed thinking I was become like a, have another $2,500 in my bank due to 420 meme day and it plummeted. So I learned my lesson is you buy the rumor, you sell the news. As soon as it becomes a trend, as soon as people know that it's going to try to make the money, the second that it goes up, everyone's going to sell because they don't want to be a loser left behind. I mean, I think the, I think the lesson of the story is don't listen to Elon Musk. Don't listen to Elon Musk. Don't listen to memes. <laughs> you know, I invest mean, in like... Invest in Home stocks boy. you believe in. Homeboy is a millionaire for a reason. Uh, Yay, good for him. He them. has money to lose. But I, I also find it fascinating because it really is just kind of a, it's, it's all gambling. Mm. Yep. And it's almost like a rich person's game. Yeah. And that's what I found so crazy and funny too about the other stocks too, with the whole GameStop situation. Yes. Where all these people were making money. Mm-hmm. And all these old rich men were all butthurt. And they were like, why are all these rando people making money off the stocks? We've been doing that for years. But they're doing it illegally and doing different things that we've been doing for years. But now it's because they're doing it, we don't like it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's it's almost like you, you have to like play the game. But if you're not part of the game, they don't accept you in the game. And it's just weird. It's weird. I, and it, it's, and that's it's what... It's so bonkers to me. It is bonkers. But the thing that keeps bringing me back in is the fact that there are success stories. And if you play your cards correctly, you can gain money. But most importantly, if, you're, if you don't look at the money that you invest... I hopefully in 10 years, I can look at my current $600 I have in investments and be like, wow, this is now $6,000 because currently I have no other fucking idea of how to save for retirement. So I think investments are the key, mm-hmm. but it's a matter of finding those companies or cur- <laughs> cryptocurrencies or whatever that you know will be stable or have positive growth throughout the years that you plan on investing and maybe checking in every so often. It's really cool for the people who couldn't afford to have financial advisors because if I had the time to be awake all night watching my Dogecoin, I would have known exactly the second oh, yeah. I that think, it was going to die. I dive. think that's the thing too is I'm not shaming anyone who does investments. I think it's a smart move. I think it's something that you have to monitor. Don't treat it as gambling. Yep. Well, that's that's yeah. the thing is people treat it as gambling. Um, 
but as it as an outsider perspective i also feel like it's something that like it should be something that more people get into mm-hmm. because your money is working for you it's not necessarily safe staying put yeah We've been told for years, like, do this, invest, you'll get interest and whatever. What you don't realize is you're, no matter no matter where you live, I don't care what state you run off to, California, Idaho, Nebraska, whatever, taxes will find you. Mm-hmm. So investing in stocks or property or whatever you need to in order to keep yourself sustained, I think is really important. Mm-hmm. Having your money just kind of sit I feel well, like if it's, it helps in the long run, but then also like having kind of a backup plan of investment seems key. Yeah. Right now in my financial situation, I'm just trying to like get by and eventually I would like to get to a point and I'm working on that point just to be able to kind of invest and have kind of like a, a nest egg of sorts. Yeah. And to have little pockets of where your money is feels to me as an observer like kind of like a good move but knowing where to go and what to do and who to invest and what to invest in it just takes research and time for sure and um i worry about people like elon musk where they're like just do this it's cool and then people just do it and i'm like oh no yeah but then you know there's a reason why they do the things that they do and I, I would hope that there are people that are really just want to have the common man have the money that everyone yeah, else has. Yeah, and I think that's what the hope was a, for Dogecoin too because yeah, there were a lot a, of people who were like, this is going to get me my car. This is going to get me my, my first home. The, a lot of the average Joes saw this as an opportunity. Like, Elon Musk is taking us to the moon, guys. Like, we're all going to get rich off of this. Yeah, but some just, other some other rich dude probably ruined it. So it's... it's, hmm. it's it's, yeah. uh, it's the media. Yeah, the media. Every every media outlet was like, "If you're smart, take out your money now." Mm-hmm. It was like, which I can't tell if it's like just rich people being like, "We don't want you to succeed" or whatever. I don't know. It's so confusing. They were going by statistics and not by going what happens. Is it if this is something that's unheard of and nobody's done it before, mm-hmm. then they're gonna do their best judgment into what is suggested through anything else but these are the cryptocurrency is something that's like not of our past no it's brand new so that's why it's it's kind of exciting and terrifying at the same time yeah oh money's weird um yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna watch my investments hope for the best am i still invested in doge Yes, but do I own half of what I used to yes because I learned not to put all your eggs in one basket you know what i'm saying Yes, yes. <sighs> I, oh, money is terrifying to me. So everyone complains about millennials not knowing how to do shit. It's like, well, you, did, you didn't let us. You literally opened up our Halloween candy to check for razor blades and held our hand crossing the street. And then you get mad that we don't know how to, how the stocks work. Like, fuck off. You didn't teach us shit. I didn't learn anything in high school. Nothing. I, I cannot recall to you anything that I've retained from high school The most I learned was something that out of my own interest, which would have been like little bits of history and maybe some English, some 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 books that I really liked. But honestly, anything that everything else was just busy work and crap. So like, I want to see our schools actually teach us some stuff because 
if they're complaining about our generation not knowing how to do things, it's like, well, it, nobody taught Who us anything. Yeah. And then we learn on our own or we create our own cryptocurrency and then they get mad at us. They're like, oh, you, you can't do stocks this way. It's called you, the Bitcoin. Yeah, you, you got you to gotta do our own. You got to do our imaginary money, not your imaginary money. We're going to shut this down. And it's like, let the people have their Bitcoin, damn it. <laughs> and they are. Mer. Bitcoin's going up. So uh, lesson day, buy Bitcoin. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't do that. I mean, d- will do whatever it ac- you want. Will it actually buy things? Can I buy? Yeah. Like- and that's what makes a currency valuable is the ability to use it, which is why Dogecoin doesn't really have future right now because only like so if I go to the a store of people and I'm like, I need to buy a dozen eggs. It'd be more like online stores. See, online that's, stores. That's what I I want. I want to have. Money. It's an electronic wallet. That's very maybe not Ender's Game. Maybe Ready Player One. Yeah, that is some Ready Player One shit. That's some, you see, like, like you walk my... around and you have like the little coin logo on the top right yeah. hand corner of your vision. <gasps> Yeah, okay. 900 coins. Whoever invented Bitcoin was a fan, a fan of Ready Player One <laughs> or Ender's Game or both. Basically sci-fi. All nerds. Because they had like, you were poor in your real life, but your digital money was where, oh, oh, I'm actually, I'm okay. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm now intrigued. Yeah, it's time to open up some some beverages. We got some fancy. Let's hear the noise. Ooh, <sighs> crisp. In case uh, the sound effect didn't happen, it sounds like psh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a psh. So we didn't look it up this time. We haven't had this beer either of us. It is the Almanac Beer Company's uh, barrel aged Farmers Reserve. <laughs> Nectarine beer. It's a sour blonde ale aged in wine barrels. I see the word sour, so I'm like, ooh. There there are a lot of words on this beer. Essentially, I went to my local liquor store, and the kindest old man, and I was like, sir, where is your sour section? And his eyes lit up as he's like, sour beers are not popular nowadays. Everyone's getting the IPA. So I'm like, sir, I'm here to stay. Where's your sour section? (laughs) And he pointed me to this uh, aisle of the of the liquor store um, that was dusty, and I mean dusty. Where I was like, "Is this okay? Like, I know with wine it's okay, but with beer, is it okay?" Do yes you, um, and no. I will answer your question right thank now. Thank you. Uh, so when it comes to beers, especially when it comes to canned ones, I have noticed that the age is important because you'll get. Um, maltiness, uh-huh. beer will kind of develop as age goes by and will tend to get sweeter, which is not necessarily ideal for a beer. Uh, you think about it in general when you're like, oh, like sweeter, not necessarily bad. But when, if you think of a beer, uh-huh. even when you're opening like a Bud Light or whatever, you want that crisp, refreshing yeah. kind of vibe. When it gets sweet, when I mean sweet, it's almost like malty. Uh-huh. And for a lot of craft beers, it's not necessarily ideal. Um, but you're looking for something that's fresh, but also certain beers are going to age differently than others. What's great about a sour beer is mm-hmm. it's just it's already kind of 
aging in a way that I feel like is complementary over time. Yeah, but it does say aged in the name. So like beers that do well aging. If you're gonna if you're gonna make a cellar, folks, you want ba- like anything like a dark stout kind of barrel age. Anything lighter than that. You want to drink as fresh as possible so you don't get kind of like that malty, sweet kind of taste. Mm-hmm. Sours is a little bit a little bit more user-friendly from what I've learned perspective-wise. Sweet sour is good. Well, like, let's have a little sippy and see. Oh, yes. This is our first sip. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, the sourness is still there, which mm-hmm. is great. Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of sweetness into it, but it's more of like a fruity kind of sweetness. No, it literally tastes like the nectarine. It tastes yeah. like it tastes like an overly, like a almost not ripe nectarine. Mm-hmm. Something that still has a little bit green yeah, skin yeah. to so, it. So from what I've like kind of known a little bit, I mean, I'll have to talk with some of my beer friends and maybe do like a little corrections corner next episode. But honestly, like when it comes to certain beers... Mainly like the like the IPAs, the Pilsners, those kind of things. Is if beer will age at a certain point, so in order to have like a real crispy boy, you kind of want like a fresh one. That's why if you get like a Crowler, you kind of want to drink it within a certain time period. Otherwise, it's just not going to taste the same. Mm-hmm. It's never going to go bad, so to speak, as long as you keep it refrigerated. But there's a quality window, kind of like if you're going to have coffee. Coffee beans aren't going to go bad per se. But there's a window of when it tastes the best. Gotcha. And so if you think about when they're making a crowler for you, they're pouring the beer from the keg and, and sealing it immediately. And it's only so much like the nitrogen and CO2 that's going to last in there. Yeah, um, so bottled, so long story short, bottled stuff will last a little bit longer. Refrigeration will always make a beer last longer. Um, and then things that are already aged, so barrel-aged stouts, barrel-aged porters, those are going to be the ones that kind of are going to develop over time. Okay. Like if you have, especially at like Bottologic, for example, they have barrel-aged stuff like their fundamental observations, stuff that's already aging to begin with yeah. that are going to do well even even basically like wine though oh, okay. they will age and it will develop even more well flair. i tell you what the bear the bottle logic stouts at this liquor store were the most dusty so mm-hmm. they probably taste amazing yeah they're they're <laughs> aged af um, but like those those do well aging wise whereas like if you see like an ipa that's like a little old maybe maybe avoid that one Got but you. i mean a sour is I love a sour. Sour is the oldest type of beer ever known to man. Mm-hmm. The United States is formed on sour beers mm-hmm. because, you know, before water was clean, there was beer. Yeah. So sour beers are like the OG beer. So it's I I find it a little funny that people are like, oh, it's not as trendy. I'm like, but it's... I don't it's, care. It's the most it's hipster tasty. of all beers because it's really like it's... it the was OG. It was beer before it was beer. Does that make sense? We're like it a, does. Like a hipster is like I knew this before it was cool. Beer Sour- did beer before beer yeah, did beer. Sours are beer before beer became beer. Where before it became like an ABV contest, and, and then it was like a flavor contest. Like yeah, sours are like the OG. So if I had to wrap up this beer in what I think it could most taste like, and for those who are interested, again, this is the Almanac Beer Company's uh, Farm Reserve Nectarine. It is the third suck. On a orange sour patch kid, yeah, not the first. I mean, it's exactly not the second, but the third. It is exactly what it's describing, where it's like nectarine. Mm-hmm. Like I am, it's so fruit. It is. Forward. It is. Yeah. Like I'm gonna. I'm you gonna don't snack. have to guess. Like I guess I taste nectarine. It's like no, it straight up is nectarine. 
from San Jose. Yeah, okay. Oh, Delicious. I see. So that aftertaste, that kind of like, I don't want to say maybe, maybe tannic is, that is the, the word. Is that the wine barrel? Yeah, yeah, so the aftertaste is definitely the wine barrel that's in there. Mm-hmm. Which is probably giving it a little bit of that stability. I give it a 7 out of 10. It's, yeah, it's good. It's, it's good. It's really good. Also, I realize, Megan, it's your turn to come up with the cheers today. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Try your best. Here's to the beers. To the men, women, and queers. We love you. We miss you. We all want to kiss you. Oh. Cheers. Yay. I love that. Good job. So, we were talking earlier in the episode about Megan's week off from social media, and we just got thinking, you know what? Social media in itself is a thing. It's a thing that, unfortunately, we don't want it to impact us, but it does impact us a lot. It's a huge part of our our life and our psyche, and I feel like it's a really interesting topic to kind of go across, and I feel like there's not only a lot of tangents that we can go, <laughs> mm-hmm. but... There's a lot to say, and I feel a lot like to it, say. especially since we're both in a similar age group, but mm-hmm. also we have that little gap where we can kind of take our perspectives and push forward. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, it's nice to talk about because so. it's it's something that's constantly in both of our radars. Yeah, and also because it's so new, we're still gauging like, oh, what is normal? Yeah. It's what I feel and normal. Also, I think one of the big things about being a young adult these days is learning how it affects your life on a daily and then also how much you want it to affect on your daily and how much control you have over it and how much control it has over you and then how you move forward. And I think seeing how it's grown into our young adult life versus now our older adult life, I feel like it's a good it's a good thing to talk about because sometimes it's some it's something that's in our psyche that we don't realize we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Wake up in the morning, what do you do first? I know I the first thing one that I do is I look at my phone. Mm-hmm. So I think Same. it's I think it's one of those things where it's like, well why do we do it? And I think going back in time and kind of talking about where it came from how it all comes to be and then also going okay this is how it is this is how life is for everyone what do we do now to move forward I think it'll be a really nice fun little walk down memory lane but then also like you know what this is this is real shit this is something that we all deal with constantly like social media is around us constantly and and I I don't want to be one of those people that's like it's all bad no I'm gonna go live in a farm and not you know what it's if you, want, Sasquatch. If, if, if you want to live that life and go off the grid, if that's what's going to make you happy, sure, great. Go I for fully it. support it, but it's not for everyone. So living your best life through social media or at least having it on your existence slightly will be a nice kind of, it's a nice topic to talk about because it's a lot. It's a huh? lot. Yeah, really. So you, you start. You go first. Me first. Okay. Well, I first started kind of getting into social media, I think, when I moved away from San Antonio, Texas to Houston, Texas, because immediately I was like, how do I keep in touch with all my friends? Because I didn't like using my phone. I was on my computer a lot, and I didn't like my cell phone. I had a little flip phone. It wasn't, it wasn't like an iPhone, you know? It wasn't as easy. 
And so that I guess that was my first introduction. It wasn't MySpace because I was too young for MySpace. If I had one as a kid at the age when it was popular, it would be inappropriate. Mm-hmm. So I got a Facebook. Um, and I was able to get to re-in-touch with friends. In the last episode, I talked about liking student Facebook pages. That's what I was about. I was into blogging a lot. I was into this thing called uh, like a daily booth, which was essentially early days of Instagram. Um, it was posting blogs with a picture. Uh, which essentially what Instagram is now, but it was only on a web platform because apps weren't really a thing. And uh, I could say it only became important in ninth grade when I was starting to make friends at my new school. And I started adding people in my class as an attempt to reach out and make friends. And then I remember my birthday being my favorite day of that year because I got notifications and it was my like first experience with like, getting the serotonin of notifications they said the psychology of it all is like you check your your instagram your facebook you check social media to see what's new and what's calling out to you and that was my first experience i loved it and i just wanted to comment on everything i remember commenting i remember adding people in my high school who i didn't necessarily know but i saw in the hallways at the time i didn't know it was creepy and I remember commenting on this very popular thread in my high school. And people were like, who are you? Like, where did you come from? And I had to awkwardly explain in a thread, oh, I go to your school. I'm the new girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that, that, I think that was my first. I don't know if you can consider Would you consider YouTube a social media? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, to go on your point, I feel like social media at its core at least in the beginning for stages was for friends friends right mm-hmm. you were interacting finding groups interests the pages were meeting, interests meeting that people I was and talking with people yeah and having that interaction with people that were like-minded and mm-hmm. just it's another form of social interaction so exactly I, I and i couldn't do it in person but i was really good at doing it online mm-hmm. um there's something about the disconnect for example i'm really good at public speaking one-on-one not so much it's just because it's like a disconnect when i'm talking to a group of people versus one-on-one and that's what the internet felt like it felt like talking into the void and whoever talked back would be a friend and which was cool and then I remember um, in high school, about 11th grade, I downloaded Instagram for the first time. That, all of these started out with great intentions. When I first did, uh, downloaded Instagram, two things. I was interested in sharing my thoughts. Now I was also interested in sharing my artsy edits of photos. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if a lot of our listeners realize this, but I remember as well when Instagram started... Instagram became popular around 2012, 2013. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, for me, it was similar to you where it was like, this was a artsy form of, look at this photo that I put. And especially Instagram then, before all the algorithms, before all the, before Instagram realized they could make money off of it, it really was like a, a sharing a moment, a sharing a moment mm-hmm. in time. And I remember really getting into, I had just gotten like a an old, like a, like the, one of the first editions of an iPad. Mm-hmm. And then my, I got an iPhone around the same time and you had all these new photo apps. And so you could oh, edit yeah. all your photos. Cool. So when I get ever, whenever I get photo memories, 
um, nowadays, a lot of my photos are way more edited because mm-hmm. it was like, oh yeah, like the like weird... you'd add the uh, shadows on the corner, the vignettes, yeah, the vignettes, the, the, the pop filters. colors. You would do different yeah. like pop art filter where you you were like a little like speckly pop like art, like an Andy person. Warhol painting. Yeah, so yeah. it was it was more like this is not just a picture of my hot dog. This is my picture of a hot dog artsy that looks really cool yeah i post pictures of my cat i remember when i first saw on instagram i took a field trip to washington dc and i like posted so many artsy photos of like the holocaust museum and the memorial and i made all the colors it's still like part of my aesthetic to this day to like make colors pop but um that's what it was about it's about images looking pretty you also had more i think nowadays it's not as common but instagram in the beginning at least from what i remember is you would have random people that were your followers that you didn't know no because you used hashtags yeah and they would be your little instagram for i still have a couple of them when I started to kind of, when it, social media got as big as it is now, I started to kind of wean through some of the the rando Randos followers. I'm like, unfollow. I don't know yeah. if you are, you're either a weird creep or someone I'm just not into. So before it was like, you, it was almost like a way to have friends across the United States and be like, oh, this is my Instagram friend. And I like see their photos of their you know, their life and whatever. But then as you get older and nowadays, you're kind of like, do I need to see the photos of your life? Mm-hmm. I don't know this person. So yeah. <laughs> like the, the priorities have changed, but I digress. Yeah. Um, I got a Twitter too. Twitter was also very innocent at the time. I don't, I think I downloaded that one to talk of. I think I downloaded that one for like an American Idol thing. Like tweet at us for this. That was another thing too. Social media started getting pushed in like media as well, like television and radio. Yeah, all the follow me and on stuff. this. And, like keep uh, updated on this. Join uh, this contest on this platform. And so that's what I did. I, I downloaded all the medias and stuff. And then I think it kind of changed once it became less about like what's going on with you and like the cool things that you would post even the stupid things you would post and more about like how many likes can this get because then it it becomes less of like oh I'm gonna use this platform more like I'm gonna use this platform but let's see how many likes I can get and so you start curating your life you start curating your thoughts you start thinking oh it's on brand for me um the the instagram feed looks the same the facebook feed looks the same the the tweets are the same they reach the same um audience of people and uh it's so easy to fall into that pattern um that i did and i remember probably throughout college like uh okay so when uh instagram really took off i was just starting college and so i started using that to share like pictures of me like hey this is getting me getting older hey this is me at the graffiti park in austin this is me in front of this and it's more about like me 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 instead of like thoughts and life and the the nature of things which honestly like that's just me I'm not saying that everyone's out there like like us like posting artsy stuff mostly some people just want to post it to share mm-hmm. their face and that's fine but like for me personally that's how it evolved I recognize that this is a problem I recognize that I want to revert back to sharing things that I like about life like my art um my thoughts who I am but at the same time <laughs> another contradicting thought is like why do I care to share these things why do i care what people think 
do people even care what I think? And it's like trying to gauge why is it that we post things. To be honest, I don't really know to this day, but let's hear about your experience with social media, where you're at right now, your journey. Right. So I what I kind of grasped from my journey in social media, especially since I am in, in that millennial age where I've kind of seen the beginnings of the internet and have moved forward, what I feel like it, it, the timeline feels to me where it was a moment to grasp the beginning, your friends, right? You want to talk with other people, be friends with more people, all this kind of stuff. And it was a way to kind of socially interact, not just in person. Then as social media grew, it felt to be like, oh, there's this person out of state or this person out of here. And then that it, the attention kind of like, ooh, that's where social media started getting built. The, the, your, your bandwidth, because the internet is so vast, gave you an opportunity to grow and to thrive yeah. past your own social circle. And that excited people. You would meet friends and whatever in your chat rooms and whatnot outside of your social realm. So it almost grew your social circle where if you weren't necessarily as cool in your high school or junior high group. You had Jake in London. You you had your friends you literally out of yeah. nowhere and you would talk with them on you know Insta Messenger or MySpace or Facebook or whatever. And then now we're kind of going back to that realm especially now that social media is so prevalent there are plenty of people that are trying to reach those wide ranges but it's become almost their job whereas other people like myself and probably you as well as you're trying to kind of scale yourself back mm -hmm. into being like well who needs to know about this and who needs to know about that how yeah. much am I sharing why am I sharing it is it really just kind of a facade and that just really comes from when I first got into social media I would say it was probably if you can consider it social media, MySpace. And MySpace, when you really think about it, was with a sprinkling of random friends, because you could find random people out of state and wherever, but that was only for like the famous people. But it was a way to make friends and you're, it was the first proclamation of yourself because your MySpace page was, this is my photos, mm -hmm. these are the music that I like, these are my friends, and these are the things that I like and talk about. And Facebook kind of took the same aspect where they took all the things that you liked mm -hmm. and was like, we're going to make groups and friends, you can talk about it. But they were trying to play it off as more of like an adult college-y experience. So... And then and it becomes like the whole thing where like, I mean, Facebook was made by a bunch of college kids at Harvard. Like it was a college dating site essentially. So it was kind of like Facebook became the adult MySpace. So as you aged as a millennial, you went onto Facebook and you did the same things that you would do on MySpace, mm -hmm. but it was on Facebook. And mm -hmm. it, it was a joke for a hot minute. I remember like being in school and- Most things start as a joke. Yeah, yeah. They were kind of like, oh, you have like a Facebook. Oh, you're, you're fancy now. But like people were still holding on to MySpace, MySpace for some reason. Because yeah. it was the young thing. But then after a while, like MySpace became not cool. Mm -hmm. And then you started going on into Facebook. Like but, Snapchat versus Instagram stories. Right. But mm -hmm. a lot of it was the same shit. It yeah. was, here's photos of me. Here are the things that I like. Here, whatever. I really only got into like social media as an obsession through Instagram. Mm -hmm. And that I was agree. mainly because, you know, it started out like, this is the pictures of my food. 
these are the pictures of my day. And it was kind of like, it was like a mini blog. It was a way for people to honestly blog their life and not go on blog sites. I mean, there was definitely, I had friends, myself included, that, that had like little, um, like the Daily Booth I was talking about like, earlier. What was it called? It's not Reddit. It's like um like a, you had like um like a blog. What is what is it called? Oh, Tumblr. Yeah. So so Tumblr people related to Instagram and I tried to do Tumblr, but it wasn't as cool. No, so, was, I didn't get it. But like Instagram is like almost like Tumblr for dummies, where you mm-hmm. are especially then it More was user friendly. You posted a photo. And you made a little comment and what made you to have more friends or likes or whatever was through hashtags. Mm -hmm. And the hashtags were a way for you to like find other things that you liked and Mm -hmm. whatever. It still is, but it's still, but now it's become more of like, and this is just the money making that comes through it. Yeah, it's more commercial if you use a hashtag. It's more like you're you're routed in a way because they want you to buy something or yeah. to do something. No one uses hashtag cats anymore and posting yeah. their pet. Yeah, like before you could, you literally go on that. I mean, you could Hashtag still, pets of Instagram. You could, yeah, you could still do it now. Yeah. But if you click on a hashtag, even that hashtag is curated to what they think will fit what you've normally liked. So like, it's, that's what's so funny when people are like, there's microchips in the mac- vaccines. And I'm like, they've been watching us since Forever. 2012. What does it matter? <laughs> like it's, it's literally been a decade of them watching our phones and you're now worried about shit. You can fuck right off. But like, yeah, it's, it's weird because Instagram for me, especially then it was like an artsy outlet to like take a pretty photo of a tree. And be like, ooh, look at this cool tree that I did. But, like, one of the things that I did in preparation of this episode was I went down, you can go down memories. Oh, yeah. For Facebook and through Instagram. Mm -hmm. And if I go, like, 11 years on Facebook before when you had your status up, you could do a status update. Oh, yes. And it was, like, they would put it right next to your name and it was, like, Megan whatever is, and instead of just, like, it's not like random phrases like the people would do now or like mm-hmm. a photo. It was almost like you would finish your name of what you were doing. So like, I'm eating a sandwich, like like, like that kind of thing. So it's just <laughs> going down the memories, you can kind of see how Facebook has evolved into, it used to be just kind of like what I'm doing, kind of like what Instant Messenger used to be doing where you would put an away message. Yeah. It, it's, it's not just a checking in anymore it's more of like a, these are the photos this is my life it's almost like a full curated you're creating a whole persona yeah your your instagram like this is what i'm doing these are the photos that i am and people are seeing that and mm-hmm. observing it whether it's friends families co-workers so that where that's where you get the mentality where you need to curate essentially mm-hmm. your life you become a personality so and that's where you whether you subconsciously do it or not we're all curating yeah so if you look at your own feed right now, I, I recommend you all do it. Um, look for patterns of what you do. Look for color coordination. I only Inst- use Brooklyn. Yeah, I only Instagram use influencers use this to to make money and to curate their their pages because they know that's what's going to get followers. And people and like likes. patterns too. Yeah, so yeah. like they liked it for a reason. You're little trying to figure out little the reason. things like colors and filters and whatever. We're subconsciously all doing it because we all want to make ourselves look nice. Mm-hmm. But like you're also 
kind of subconsciously curating whether you're an influencer or not you're curating your life and um that also means you're really only i mean this is common for any kind of social media you're gonna post only the nice things Mm -hmm. like look at this cute selfie look at me my boyfriend look at me my baby Mm -hmm. like it's all these cute things what people don't realize yeah it's it's all positive look how great everything is but what people don't realize is the damage that goes behind it where Say, for example, someone is struggling to get pregnant Mm -hmm. and they go on social media and the media is kind of the algorithm is curating their algorithm to be like, oh, well, you're between this age and this age. You're either getting married or having a baby. We're going to push babies in your face. So they will put age and ads and people that are kind of in that age group. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, all the ads that I get Mm -hmm. are all the same kind of crap. Yeah. And it's all like marriage this and baby that. And then they also kind of will see what you've liked before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you will get more of those things. Yeah. It's so weird how it like really vies on your insecurities. Because it's yeah. like my recommended are all like fit, skinny, tattooed girls. And I'm like, man, I don't want to be a fit, skinny, tattooed girl. Don't we all? Ah! Yeah, don't and we it's all? it's funny because I, I feel like I am fit and I do have tattoos, but I'm not them. Oh, so yeah. so then you feel bad about all yourself. All I get is I get two kinds of women. I get like these like beautiful, but also badass, like tattooed babes with like fully curated outfits. Oh, yeah. And, like, the just full... Just mermaid hair. Like, gorgeous aesthetic mermaid. Too. Like, just fucking Perfection. boss. I don't know what they do for a living. Probably nothing. Good for them. <laughs> and then I also get, like, the moms. They do Instagram. Yeah. I get the moms. But not just the moms, but, like, the super moms. Mm-hmm. Like, the moms that have the kids in the full, beautiful outfit. Sandwiches are And the matching, like, cute little baby hats. Like, these kids are dressed like full adults. Yeah. And they're just, like, freaking tiny leather jackets and, like, little baby <laughs> vans and just, like, curated shit. And then they have the same little sepia filter. And it's like, oh, we're going out to get coffee. Casual. And it's, just like, full glam. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't relate to this because, one, don't have children. Two, I don't have money. Three, I work but nine to five to, they, they try to put that in your face because they're like oh but do you want this and like will you like this but then i also have to remember that these people even if they if even if instagram is their full life yeah they also like there's hard times that are behind that oh their you know kid I mean? might have cri- their kid might have cried putting on the outfit that morning yeah they're like kid, I they probably it. like went through thousands of photos to get the one photo of the kid smiling mm-hmm. when there was probably like you know a meltdown in one photo a blowout in another one yeah. someone barfed on another one like same kind of shit yeah. so it's it's one of those things where i have to kind of take a step back and realize these people are not real mm-hmm. and they're curating their life and that's fine what makes it hard now is when you especially when you start to kind of get rid of those Instagram influencers and you see your friends and your coworkers and your colleagues living their quote unquote best life mm-hmm. that's when the feelings start to kick in because mm-hmm. these are all people you know you work with and you love and you subconsciously start to feel like this little like competition competition or what? Mm-hmm. maybe not competition more kind of like a a slight envy mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, like this is, 
I want that. Like, yeah. that's so nice. I want someone to hold my hand. Like, oh, yeah. and take this cute photo with me. They're so cute together. But yeah. then sometimes you'll see them in public and they're like arguing or fighting and you're like, what the fuck? Your relationship is fake. Mm-hmm. Or your baby is being a brat and like <laughs> screaming. And you're just kind of like, then you almost get mad at them because you know them as a person. And you're like, why are you posting this cute photo of like you and so-and-so? Mm-hmm. And really, I literally watched you argue. And, and then like, maybe you could think that that's their serotonin for the day. That's yeah. what makes them go. So it's it's almost like a... It's weird. It's an eyebreaker eyebreaker an eye opener (laughs) and also a reminder that like social media is really just a layer i like eyebreaker an eyebreaker it's a a layer of existence and you kind of have to take it as is yeah because i mean i i grew up and that was a way to know someone yeah and then now it's evolved to being like you think you know someone you really don't because it's they're only showing their best and self which anyone does i i do it all the time i'm like literally here's my cute selfie but literally like 20 minutes later i'm like sweatpants like it's it's kind of funny that i think instagram is also kind of accepting what it is it's not pretending anymore Mm -hmm. because you go to instagram and you look at the bottom and there's now marketplace you know yeah it's now, it's a Shopping. way to shop <laughs> and buy things and there's ads. Because that's and, what they were doing all along. Yeah. They're like, we know you're going to click on their shop. We know you're going to click to buy this. We're going to make it really easy and just put it on your homepage. Yeah. So, I mean, now, like, I actually moved mine to public just to kind of see what would happen. Phoebe is playing with toys. Um because I actually had it on private for a hot minute. Mm-hmm. And I put it on private because, one, I didn't want my boss, like, rambling or through my life. Or random stalkers. I'm, I'm not one to post bikini photos or, mm. you know, ass pics or whatever. I'm not salacious on the internet. But I do like a swear word every now and then. <laughs> and I do like a crude joke every once in a while. And I love my story. I love the story part of Instagram because that's where I put all the funny shit that I don't necessarily want to put on my feed like I used to. Before mm-hmm. the stories, you could kind of like post funny memes and like, haha, this is a good joke and you get likes out of that. Now you can put it in your story. And but, your close friend's story. And, yeah, and your close friend's story, even better. <laughs> Different story. So you're able to, this sounds gross, you're able to curate a beautiful feed of your main photos but still have like, haha, there's a dick joke in there somewhere. So weird. Yeah, it's weird. Okay. But I love that, but I also hated the fact that like social media is out there. And Dude. now as an adult and a professional adult, mm-hmm. I one false dick pic move of jokes and someone could be like, You're fired. So I was like, Oh no, but I have all these funny memes that are sexual. Uh, yeah. Going, I don't want my mom to see that. Going back to uh close friends stories, I have a couple of relatively like Instagram famous friends, or you could say they have a following. They have a following of people who are not their friends in real life. You're in their private? Huh? You're in their private I'm in their close friend story. (gasps) Juicy gossip. And it's it's kind of sad because they have to be self-aware that they're curating their life because the close friend story is kind of like the glimpse. It's a glimmer of hope in the social media world. It's where they're saying like, I think I look disgusting today. I am fat or like I feel depressed in my mind or like look at the shitty thing that happened to me or this like do the text me stupid shit. See, I want that on their public feed. Yeah, right? It's like, okay, 
influencers, if you're listening to our mm-hmm. podcast, this is what I want. I want you to post the real shit. And I want you to, like, know that you didn't get a following for being someone lower than you are. You got, you're obviously a badass. Like, I want you to feel good about yourself. Social media sucks. Um, and to, like, embrace it. Like, I, I'm always, like, so sad when I see, like, these seemingly successful people be so hard on themselves. I'm like, dude, obviously you're cool for a reason if people are yeah. watching you. Also, who who gives a shit about the haters? Yeah. I know you have to kind of give a shit if it's your, your, your living, mm-hmm. but however many haters you have, you have so many people that care about you. Yeah. And I, I have now dwindled my Instagram people that I follow to be friends and then the sprinkling of influences, and I've talked this before in another episode, I have a few influencers that have embraced talking about real shit, and mm-hmm. it's so refreshing. I bet. And it's important because these are people that I started to follow because they were beautiful and famous or whatever, and they chose to take even their like very minuscule, I mean, they're not celebrity famous, but yeah. they're Instagram famous. Mm-hmm. They took their status and were like, I have, you know, 75,000 followers. I have 100, I have a million followers. I am going to take that. And post like a storyline of me getting Botox because Mm -hmm. this is a real fucking thing that people in their 20s and 30s do and I don't look like this naturally. I'm beautiful and I do it for myself but like on it, it, having that reality like there's one girl that will do like a beautiful like bikini photo and then you swipe and it's her relax and you Mm -hmm. see like a roll or whatever and it's just... It's refreshing. I yeah. need more of that. But like so. social media tries to also fake that, which is frustrating where mm-hmm. they have, we have plus size models now. Like they're not plus size though. Mm-hmm. And if also they airbrush out like Yeah, where it's like or... I want to see more different shapes where it's like like the plus size models now, like I feel bad for like plus real plus size people because like if I was a plus size person and I would see this quote unquote plus size model, I'm like, she has a flat no, stomach. She's just how am I supposed yeah. to how am I supposed to know how this bikini fits on my stomach versus this flat stomach? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's curvy and has hips. That doesn't make her plus size. Plus size. I need to know how my fupa is gonna fit in this bikini. Mm-hmm. So I need to see someone with a fupa. Yeah. And if you don't know what a fupa is, Google it. But, like, basically, it's that little roll above your hoo-ha. Like, that's a fupa. Mm-hmm. I have not a – I have a small fupa. <laughs> but, like, those are the things that I think about now like, where I it's, like, see this. I want to know how I'm sitting. And if yeah. I sit, I am now a woman where I, if I sit, <laughs> I have a roll. I don't sit and have a flat stomach. And I feel like most women do. So when they see these, like, people that are, like, quote-unquote plus size and they're leaning, like – you can't see Back. listeners, but yeah. they're leaning like this, and they're like, <laughs> "Look how skinny, but also curvy I am." The women don't look like that. They don't sit like that. If they have hips like that, they have a roll. Yeah, and that roll is going to sit like on top you, of the bikini, where that jean line, yeah. little fupa. Ooh, who was messaging me? <laughs> Nobody important, but like, you know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. it's, it's it's unrealistic, and I want to see those roles you you can be a skinny gal and yeah. have roles i am pro- what 130 pounds that's not big and i have roles yeah so i can only imagine women who are you know 
couple size bigger than me that are not even considered to be plus size, but they're mid-size. They're, they're bigger. Mm-hmm. Like, it, they have roles. Women have roles. They have bits and... Men have roles and bits and stuff. So it's just... It's unfair. But that's why I want to see more of that realistic stuff going on. On that note, I can only imagine how things are for, you know, the age or the generation that grew up, like, as soon as they started school social media was a thing and how they must feel growing into a culture where your online presence is important. You don't have to worry about what kids think about you at school, but now you have to worry about what they think of you online. Yeah. You're, you're constantly on display. Mm-hmm. And that's where it leads to like cyberbullying. It leads to, um, unrealistic expectations. They talk about like how like suicide rates for teenage girls especially has gone through the roof at a very young age like 13 yeah kids are talking about suicide (laughs) so early they're learning and saying about things a lot sooner than i would have for that matter um with the internet becomes a library uh, a resource for all things life um the good and the bad yeah a lot of lots insecurities a lot of sad stuff but um there's a light at the end of the tunnel i think yeah and a lot of unreal like i think the best thing we can do as people who are aware of its power that social media has and also how it's affected us is to promote positive things or like realistic expectations for things ourselves and embrace who you are it took me till because of social media until my 30s well now to really embrace how I am, dress how I want to, and be who I want to be. And I feel like one good thing about the young people these days is despite all the social media and everything, you end up finding your niche, your people, and you're able to be yourself. You will get, you know, a few of the haters where they're like, oh, you you shouldn't be wearing that outfit, you're too big, or you shouldn't be doing that, you don't have any boobs. There's what's popular, and then there's also, like, it doesn't matter what's popular. You will find your people, and you will yeah. find your your people that will, you know, support you and bring you through. And social media, like Instagram, you can find your people. Sure. TikTok, you can find your people. And I think that's kind of where you can – yeah, you're not necessarily what's popular, but the you silver can – silver lining You can find your, your cheering station, and I, I, I fully support all of that. I completely agree, and that goes. I think it can kind of tie back into why we post. Um, if the reason why you post is because in that moment you need to reach out to someone or you need to feel close to someone, that's completely okay. Uh, I think it's just really important for us to recognize when it comes unhealthy. Like there's times when I've posted a picture, like a selfie of me in my office when it's 40 degrees. I'm like, brr, I'm cold. I post a selfie of me being cold. And then I ask myself, why the heck am I sharing a selfie of myself being cold? Who the fuck cares? But in that moment, I'm cold. I'm by myself in an office and I'm just like, I need someone to empathize. And I, I think, oh, that's why I posted it. Or sometimes I might be lonely. I'm like, I'm looking for attention right now. As long as you're kind of aware of why you're posting and you recognize that it's like what you want to do in that moment, it's okay. But just recognize when you're being self-deprecating, recognize when you're being insecure, recognize when it's coming, it stems from a place that's not healthy. Uh, 
I think that's where we can make a difference in how we view social media. Also, like when we're on it, like for example, I also check when I first wake up in the morning, but it's funny. I recognize that I use it to wake up because it gets my mind stimulated. And where I, I recognize that in that moment, like, <laughs> which is I hate that, like, sometimes the serotonin comes from getting likes, but, like, sometimes I like sharing a cute picture maybe and it gets likes, whatever. I also recognize I need to share things that are real in my life and I'm trying to. Um, it's hard, but it's a journey for us all. Yeah, for I think, sure. I think having that nice balance nowadays where, like, now that I've gotten to that age where, like, I am okay with posting something like a cute selfie or whatever, mm-hmm. but then I also like to balance it out with, like, me being weird. Yeah. And I I enjoy, especially in, like, my stories. If you follow me on Instagram, you will notice that my stories is kind of, like, um, weird little snippets of my day mm-hmm. and or Same. just random memes and funny shit. Like, I just... I. Or I'm making fun of myself constantly. And I <laughs> I did this one video post that I got a few likes and comments on on my story that I feel like was not the motive of it. <laughs> but it was kind of me making a joke because I had like a – where I work, there's this big like – I work in a big industrial area. So I'm wearing like a hairnet and not only my mask and like booties and like in a full like – you know, warehouse. I'm not, I'm not wearing any kind of sexy clothes or anything. I'm literally wearing like t-shirt and jeans, like covered in dirt and whatever. And I decided to like do like a little like funny dance in front of like the heavy machinery that I work in front of. But it was like, people were like, Ooh, so sexy. And I'm like, no, that was not my point. It was literally, it was literally a joke. Like, ha ha. Like I think get it through your membrane. Like if you don't take yourself too seriously, social media can be pretty solid. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard because sometimes you want to have that attention, especially if you're like your your special man friend or woman friend is like liking your photos. You you want to put your best foot forward. I get that, but then you also realize like, hey, if they don't like you at your weirdest, then they don't like you at your sexiest. Yeah, and so kind of maybe it comes with age, but it took me a really long time to really just like embrace who I am and embrace the weird and whatever I post on social media, it is what I am. It's whatever. And I think one of the cool things about young people these days is Mm -hmm. they get that earlier in life. So yes, they are exposed to a lot of stuff earlier and they go through all the things that we all went through, insecurities, you know, trauma, weird weird creeper rando people but then you also talk about it you also kind of experience who you are and you're able to express yourself it's all form of expression Mm -hmm. my only advice is really to take everything that you observe with a grain of salt and don't be forced into i need to do this because someone else is doing it if you want to post that like cute little bathing suit outfit and you're like you know 30 pounds bigger than everyone else. If it makes you feel great, great. But then also know that you are on a public platform. Your mom can see it. Your job can see it. All these kind of people can see it. Mm-hmm. And so if if you at the end of the day are like, you know what? I don't care if my boss can see it, my cousin can see it, my boyfriend can see it, and my mom can see it, then you're probably okay. Yeah. If you ever have to question a post, it might actually one of my like jobs um recommended this and he was pretty like 
he didn't care what we posted or whatever. I've I've had a few jobs where I've had to like really keep it on the DL because sure. social media was like really prevalent in my job. But gotcha. I have jobs now where they're like, all right, he has to deal with social media. If you ever have a moment where you feel like you don't want the world to see it, and I mean, and then like really, okay, that's fine. Who cares about the world? You don't know these people personally. Start thinking about people personally. Like, mm-hmm. do you want your mom to see this? Yeah. Do you want your grandma to see it? Because even if you eventually are on private or whatever, social media is out there forever. So I have now gotten to a point where I'm, I never was one for like ooh la la pictures. Mm-hmm. But I, I just, I kind of embrace it to be like, you know what? I want to not feel self-conscious or worried about oh, my grandma's going to see this photo of me. Yeah. And, like, nobody's saying you can't be, like, have, like, a pretty post, like, a photo or a post that's your grandma would be like, oh, my goodness. Like, if if your Instagram is all bikini photos and that's your living, hell yeah, go, go for, for it. it. That's you. But for me, it's all what you're comfortable with. So for me, I was like, who am I comfortable seeing this? If everyone's comfortable seeing with it, great. Then I'm going to post it. If not... Maybe not. Maybe take a moment and take a breath because is it necessary? Is it necessary for your existence and for your living? Probably not. So, I mean, it's really just take everything to be like, this is who I am. This is what people see. But it isn't who you are personally. But it's still, it's a reflection of who you are. And be aware because people are taking it in and, you know, it's a a, a snapshot of who you are. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you want to portray yourself in a certain way, then maybe maybe think about it. And it's it's not about a sexual thing. It's more of like, you know what? Maybe Are you I want... respecting yourself. In yeah, a way. but also I make yourself proud. But but also it's more of like a how do you feel? Mm-hmm. Like I've been a victim of it as well, where you feel like a little bit emotional and you like post a sad you know photo of a tree and you're like oh man. Um, that's fine too, but it's it's more of like taking that time to be like, this is this is a snapshot of my life, and if it's a way for you to express yourself, that's fine. But don't take other people down with you. It's it's all about like really understanding that when you're pre- you're presenting yourself in a way that it's out there for everyone. Yeah, it's a constant battle, really. Mm-hmm. And and then up. Uh, brighter now I guess you could say is that talking about people expressing themselves I think that social media and all of its forms has allowed for people to be very creative on Facebook you're having people articulating their thoughts <laughs> for better or for worse um on Instagram you have people who are taking actually beautiful images and sharing them and gathering a platform for that reason mm-hmm. on Twitter you have people who are expressing opinions and they're fucking funny or um yeah. oh, they yeah. they are so witty many. and they know how to like say things t- straight to the point and that's why they have followers yeah it's it's a TikTokers way TikTokers are hilarious <laughs> yeah like oh, I god I yeah. love TikToks it's it's one of those things where it's like yeah like everyone's allowed to express themselves in a certain way i am i am a hundred percent down for people feeling their feelings i think people need to feel more of their feelings i actually relate to a lot of friends that will post that they're having a bad day Mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be this emo dramatic post but it's one of those things where it's it's a real life snapshot yeah not saying i'm not down for that express it the way that you want to what i'm trying to say is it's basically like 
you have to understand that what you put out there affects people. It's it's for sure. We're all especially if you're an empath, you kind of feel everything. Oh, for sure. And then what what I feel is especially cuz someone who I have suffered with a lot of like sadness and FOMO mm-hmm. and depression and things like that. And mm-hmm. social media was a big trigger for me. I bet. So I'm saying I'm saying all these things as someone who suffered from it mm-hmm. where it's like you kind of feel like you're in kind of a spiral mm-hmm. where either everyone is better Doing than great. you mm-hmm. or everyone's sad too. Doing bad and you like want to help them and you don't know how. Right. So projecting yourself but then also realizing that it's a layer. Yeah. I think is a really helpful thing. Where for it's sure. like and then also just reaching out for people that you do feel like would need some help or need some friends. Mm-hmm. That's so important. If it means just liking a photo or like commenting or messaging and being like, Hey, I really like this, but also like I feel you, girl. Yeah. Like it's rough. Like I think just embracing everything and knowing that it's all just a moment in time. And knowing that life is out there for a reason and just kind of embracing it all, good and bad, is super important. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. There's there's just, it's a lot. It's a lot and it's very easy to be overwhelmed. And as someone who took a social media break for like a few days, mm-hmm. it's refreshing. It, I bet. And it was nice to come back and to be like, oh... This is life. It's the same old stuff. This is what it's about. And it was funny because, like, my roommate and I were joking because neither of us had service when we were camping. We were kind of like, oh, I hope nothing dramatic happened when we came back. Nothing did. We were gone for three days. Both of us, like, barely used our phone. The world kept turning. Birds kept chirping. The world was turning. You know, things still obviously happened that were bad and the life and the world and whatever. But... With social media now, it's a lot of it's thrown in your face. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ultimately you just got to live the way the best that you can and be supportive the best way that you can and embracing the good and the bad. But, like... Amen, sister. Projecting good out into the atmosphere is something that, like, I want to start promoting for myself in general. Because as someone who's a sad girl for life, I, I do tend to get a little emo on the Instagrams. And I'm trying not to do that as much. I still want to post real life. I still want to post real feelings. I still am never going to hide how I feel. Mm -hmm. But I also, like, I'm now choosing to be like, you know what? I don't need to post everything. Mm -hmm. I don't need to post every good feeling or bad feeling. I need to just... Exist. Exist. And if I I want to post something cute on Instagram, yeah, it will be like a happy, pleasant snapshot of my life. But... Nobody needs to know everything. Maybe like close friends and whatever, but there's a like, the oversharing and then the undersharing is kind of this weird balance of Instagram life. I, anyway, do what's best for you. Long story short, if you need to take a breather, great. If you need to show a sad quote, do, do it. it. <laughs> but know that like really the human interactions you have one-on-one is really going to be the most important and beneficial parts of your life. You know what's the second most important? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Following talking and tangents on Instagram. Oh my gosh! So please. you can talk with us. Yes, be our <laughs> be our friends. I am. I have. You're welcome. I have made my my platform public. There we go. Um, please. 
please follow hang out with me or or our instagram podcast talking in tangents pod on the instagram sullivan you'll see me tagged in a photo probably i'm I'm meg han solo just follow the tags do all the things um i'm really trying to be a positive outlet on the instagram if you like photos of my cats and memes of funny things if you like a good joke i i'm trying to be a positive light into the world um i will post weird shit and to be real with y'all and post my fupa and all that nonsense i'm trying yeah i'm trying to post more art i i started drawing again uh i'm starting to hopefully hopefully dial back my stories um i climb so i like to share like when i make accomplishments i'm trying to share like accomplishments right now Mm -hmm. um and that's the thing too is once you realize that it's all kind of all the positive things in people's lives it almost like it amps you you're like oh yeah. this is these are <laughs> it's we, funny they're like amps or it's like fuck once you, so great. Once, you, once you get past the jealousy yeah. i think that's the hard part yeah, is yeah, yeah. i went through a jealousy phase i think everyone goes through it where you're, you have that little glimmer oh i just even looking at your little baby photos i'm like oh, what, baby <laughs> yeah it's a cute ass baby and a cute little child. i want one but then you're also you kind of take a step back and maybe it'll come with age, young children's. If you're allowed, you're allowed to be angry if you go on the Instagram and feel jealous. You're allowed to have we your all angst feel those feelings. We all had it. I feel them on the fucking daily. But what I'm trying to say is, eventually, it does get better, and you do get to a point where you're like, "Oh, look at all these cute babies. Mm-hmm. I don't have a baby." And then you're like, oh, "You know what? That's fine. It's fine that I don't have a baby yeah. because there's all these cute little babies." That I get to observe and love <laughs> and be little aunties to and just be like, you know what? Like, this is great. And it's the same, yeah. thing with, same thing with relationships. Same thing with hot bods. Be like, you know what? If you want that hot bod, go to the gym. Have it motivate you. Just don't you. beat yourself up. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't beat yourself up. And do yourself a favor. And if anyone ever is on your Instagram feed right now, and I, I mean it, look on your phone right they now. they make you feel bad? If they make you feel bad, follow. even in the slightest, unfollow them. If they're like your bestie from high school and you know, oh, well, Megan, if I unfollow them, they'll know and they'll be mad at me. Just mute them. Mute. The mute button. Mm-hmm. Guys, the mute button has been my lifesaver. Yeah. And I'll mute off and on certain people. I love them dearly and they're all great friends, but sometimes you need a break. And it's fine. Make the algorithm work for you. Mm -hmm. If you want to curate your feed to be fucking dog videos and TikToks, Mm -hmm. you can do it. And it's great. Do whatever makes your sanity great. Because social media is not kind to you. You be kind to social media. Be kind to yourself. Yeah, and be kind to yourself. And like make the social media what you are. So when I look at my phone now, it's only like close friends and honestly like i have i follow this one hashtag one hashtag i follow and it's called clutter core nice and it's basically like the aesthetic of like kitschy like knickknacks but also like weird color color aesthetics and like people who like collect things but also have like artsy <laughs> knickknacky things like yeah those are the things that i want and then artists yeah. follow all the artists guys photographers People who draw artists, fine artists, mm-hmm. uh, digital artists, musician like artists. It. Like, yeah. follow the things that make you happy because that's what they're going to try to... They're going to try to curate, choose, and hot bods 
without it. So don't just, let them. Just kidding. Just, I mean, I promise you. Just take up, take an hour, go through your feed. Anyone that doesn't bring you joy, just Marie Kondo that shit. That's exactly just, what I was about just to say. Get rid of it and like take it nothing personal. If you yeah. still have to follow that friend from college, mute them. Mm. If they're hotter than you or have cuter babies than you or their boyfriend is fine as fuck like just do what you got to do but like really it ultimately it's it's a snapshot of their life be happy and supportive even if you have to fake it till you make it dude like it, it literally it's it's a hundred percent worth it yeah the end So we're going to talk about some uh, charities we want to, um, to highlight. And I felt since it was, you know, we're talking about social media and the young folk, I think one of the really good ones that I think will be good to talk about would be the Trevor Project. I'm sure a lot of you have already heard about all of that. But um, just a little reminder, the ultimate goal of the Trevor Project is to end suicide among the LGBTQ people under 25 and they provide them with counseling and education via phone text online and uh, every dollar donated allows people to get one more minute of counseling and I feel I feel like especially with social media these days especially with the young folk um, having that extra person to talk to and have that moment of counseling when you're kind of discovering who you are especially in that kind of social group Uh, I feel like it's a community that needs always some extra love and care. And um, having that extra person, you know, is it's always great to talk to. So the Trevor Project is definitely high on my, my radar when it comes to um, people who need help in, in like a social media type setting. And it's just it's, – it's a lot as a young person kind of discovering who you are. So to have an extra ear, you know, and, and outside in – outside bystander was always helpful for me with counseling as well so I feel like those who are in the youth that are not necessarily understood in the LGBTQ community I feel like it would be nice to have a little extra ear so any any donations to the Trevor Project is definitely definitely welcome um I believe their website is probably what the trevorproject.com or whatnot or dot mm-hmm. org or what, whatever it would be i google it you'll find it um mm-hmm. but it's it was the first thing that popped into my head looking through cool. and being like you know what who who would like an extra ear and i feel like it's something that's really nice to it's nice to donate to yeah so thanks for bringing check them out Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, you inspired me with uh, your camping trip and also in honor of Earth Day. I just want to bring um, some light to the National Park Foundation, even though you guys probably have heard of it. National parks are amazing. They're great. They protect the lands of America. Uh, I know the entire Earth is important, but let's. I guess we're going to start on a micro step and then within our own lives, then to our local community, the National Park Foundation, especially in California, is very important. It protects uh, the entire United States National Park Service. Um, 
and it provides funding and an upkeep of 418 national park sites around across the country. It also makes these parks accessible to a lot of people. Um, if you go to a park, national park, I don't know about you, but from my experiences, the park is always clean. It's well kept. It's maintained. There are boundaries that were created by people. Like, do not cross these certain lines. We're protecting this species. Um, here's this great trail. The bathrooms are always clean. It's a it's a nice escape, and that's thanks to um, people like it, those in the National yeah. Park Foundation. Oh, it was lovely. When I went camping, and I went in Palomar Mountain, mm -hmm. there was little campsites. They were all well-kept. The rangers were very nice and helpful. Mm -hmm. um, if I didn't have the Band-Aid after I hatcheted my hand, <laughs> they probably would have provided me one. Bathrooms were great. Everyone was very respectful. People mm -hmm. were, you know, wearing their masks and doing their part, and... The trails were just, you know, nature this way, but watch from here. Don't touch this. Yeah. And so yeah. we, we need those things because we only have one Earth. Yeah. And um, until Elon Musk rockets us to the moon, we have <laughs> to maintain said Earth. Yes. And um, I 100% support that. That's, that's, I, that's very great. Yeah, I like this quote. Parks don't stand for where America has been. They inspire where we go next. Yeah. It's a good connection to what America has been and will be. So you can donate to the parks at nationalparks.org. And that is all, folks. Yeah. Yeehaw. Thanks for listening to episode five. Yay. See you for episode six. Or should I say episode sixty? Sixty. Just oh. kidding. I don't know what we're talking about we'll yet. Talk about sure. sexy now. No. no, no. <laughs> Maybe we can. Maybe. We'll see. Comment, like, and subscribe. Yeah.